Welcome to the weekly message from Rama Family Church. It is our hope that as you listen to this message, you will come to know Jesus better and be established in your faith and equipped for the work of the ministry. You can view the sermon notes and listen online at rama.org.au forward slash media. We're going to talk this morning on reversing dishonor. Reversing dishonor. Dishonor is almost become the way our culture navigates. And it's funny. We've made dishonor uh, actually kind of humorous. It's like the way that we, uh, we talk, we joke, we, uh, we banter with each other. And um, we make jokes about different people that should have honor but don't. <laughs> and so, but I believe that God wants to reverse dishonor. And he wants, to dis, he wants to reverse it in our own lives. So we're going to look into the Word of God, see what the Bible has to say about, about this area. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your Word. It's been so good to worship you today. We've drawn near to your throne. And we thank you that you have words of life for us. We open our, our hearts And I ask you that you would help us to be expectant and receptive to your word. We thank you for the ministry of the Holy Spirit that makes spiritual uh, truths understandable, that we can get a hold of them and then helps us after we hear them to be a doer of the word where the blessing really is. In Jesus' precious name, amen, amen. Well... If you look at honor, uh, as far as the dictionary, and I did, I looked at uh, dictionary definition and then plus um, uh, concordance, and I thought, wow, I didn't, didn't realize that it was so uh, full in the meaning. But here, listen to this. Honor means value, esteem, dignity of the highest degree, precious, reverence, and respect. You'll find reverence and respect sometimes interchangeably given in the different translations where honor is in the Bible. And then the Greek word for honor is tameo, which means properly assign value to give honor. And so it is the given honor, but it's properly assessed or properly assigned Now listen to this part, I love it. As it reflects the personal esteem, value, preciousness attached to it by the beholder. So what would not have value to the eyes of some beholder, they may look at something or someone and there'd be no value at all. In the eyes of another beholder, that very same thing or that very same one could have extreme value. So value... Uh, is within the eyes of the beholder, and honor is what it is what attached and assigned to that value. Now, one thing that separates uh, human beings from the other creatures that God created is that it was only the human being that God crowned with glory and honor, only. And so every other creature, every other thing that God created is, is amazing and, and makes us want to worship and praise the creator. But there is an, a distinguishing characteristic that comes to a human, and that is honor. Look at Psalms, the eighth chapter, and we'll see what we mean here. It says, for what are mere mortals that you should think of them? Human beings that you should care for them. Yet you made them a little lower than God and crowned them with glory and honor. Now the crown that was put upon man at his, at his creation wasn't a crown on his head like you'd see at a Greek game or something or a, a Miss Australia pageant or something in Miss Universe. It's not like that. It is uh, uh, actually a crown for the whole person. It's an aura of honor and glory that actually clothed the whole person. After uh, it says that it crowned 
man with glory and honor, Psalms went on to say that he gave man dominion over the works of his hands and he made him to, uh, to have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and everything that crept on the ground. But what preceded this job and this role, this task, this function, was actually this honor that enabled him to do this function. And so Adam, Eve, man, hum humanity or human, was crowned actually before he merited it. There was no crowning because the most pretty or the most, the most athletic, the fastest, the smartest. This wasn't that kind of crown. It was conferred. So man was crowned not because of merit, not because of merit. He was crowned before merit. Now, merit isn't something that is bad. Merit is actually something that, uh, that God acknowledges, and in, there's a number of verses of Scripture that say that when we stand before the judgment seat of Christ or in the end of time, when we stand before the Lord, we will be judged according to merit or what we have done in our body, and there will we'll be rewarded for what we have done in our life. That is at the end and so God also will honor because of merit, but that is not what he initiated or that's not what he began with. So there is honor for merit, but we were crowned in the beginning or God crowned man with honor so he could actually do what he was supposed to do. He crowned him so that he could function with the reason that God had made him. Now, not only was man, just as humanity, crowned with glory and honor, but there were specific roles within humanity that carried specific honor because they represented or imaged the unseen God. You can't see God, but there were roles within humanity that were platforms, as it were, for characteristics of the unseen God, personality traits for the unseen God. And these roles, uh, the first one that we are going to look at here is husbands. Ephesians, the fifth chapter in verse 33, the last phrase of this particular verse of scripture is what we want to hone in on. It says, the wife must respect, or we could say honor her husband. So there was a role, the role of, of husband was to be like a platform that uh, reflected or could image or demonstrate uh, uh, something of God, personality traits of God in a unique way. And so um, notice that this verse of scripture says, the wife must respect her husband, and it doesn't go on to say if he's a really good one. It doesn't say he can, he should respect, or she should respect her husband if he's a wonderful man and gets her all kind of presents and all. No, it just simply says she's to respect. Now, before we go into any other of the roles, we'll use this one as ex example. But our culture today is not uh, is has developed as a result of um, these roles, this role, and the ones that we're going to be looking at, of actually not being as honorable as what God intended for them to be in the very beginning. And so you'll hear phrases like this. If you want me to respect, you're going to have to earn my respect. You've already dashed my respect, and you're going to have to earn it back. I've got to see, you've got to get my respect. Have you ever heard that? You've said that too, hey. <laughs> it's not an uncommon thing. But we're going to look at the contrast of what we actually see in the word of God. And 
That kind of earning respect is respect by merit or honor by merit. But what we're going to see from the scripture is that God also gave it in a different way. Let's go on to another role that is uh, for God to be honored from, and that is wives. And in 1 Peter 3 and verse 7, it says, Husbands likewise dwell with them with understanding. He's talking about a wife giving honor to the wife. Does it go on to say if she's a good cook? I'm so glad it doesn't say that. I tell you, I'd get no respect. Um, but anyway, uh, husbands, love your wives or dwell with them with understanding, giving honor to the wife, not just because she's such an amazing and a beautiful and a wonderful person. It says just simply honor the wife. Now let's go on to the next role that is actually a divinely given role to, uh, to mirror or uh, represent something of God's own person. And that is in Ephesians, the sixth chapter in verse two and three, it says, honor your father and mother if they're good ones. If they're not, rubbish them and promise them that you'll never see them or speak to them again. Well, it doesn't actually say that, does it? It just says, honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. If you honor your father and mother, things will go well for you and, if you, and you will have a long life on the earth. Let's look at one other. These ones that we just looked at, a husband, a wife, and parents, father and mother, uh, were actually roles that were first presented in the first three chapters of Genesis and so we first see them there and they were given they were given as an opportunity for man to demonstrate and illustrate and to reflect the unseen god in his different characteristics we have another one that is from genesis uh, one of these roles of honor and it came a little few chapters later from genesis the 8th chapter and uh, but we see from 1 Peter 2 and verse 17, what this role is about. Let's go ahead and read that. It says, honor all people. That's not the role that we're talking about, but I want to just stop there before we finish the verse. Honor all people. Because man was made in the image of God, even though there are all different kinds of people from different places in the world, different ethnic groups, whatever. From this verse of scripture, we see that there is absolutely no place, no place in God for prejudice. There is no place at all for preference uh, of, of different ethnic groups and different kinds of people, different stations of people. Uh, we're to honor all people, all people. Don't you, don't you love that about the word? And don't you love that about our God? It says, love the brethren or brotherhood, fear God. And then the last one says, honor the king. If he's a good king or if he's a king like you like or he believes the same things that you believe. It doesn't actually say that. It just says, honor the king. And... Um, Though during the time that Peter wrote this, the king that was the emperor at that time was actually going to cut his head off in just not too long. And so the king he was talking about here and saying, honor the king, uh, he was saying that not because they were best mates or that he believed with all of his, about all of his policies. It's a function, it's a role that we honor. Sometimes the people that have filled these roles haven't done so honorably. Sometimes they have misrepresented the intention for that role. Sometimes 
the thing, the very thing that they were to demonstrate of the unseen God actually was never demonstrated. In fact, something completely different was demonstrated. And people came up with conclusions, terrible conclusions about God because things were so misunderstood and misrepresented from those roles. But those roles were God-given and God said, honor those functions. So people have misrepresented, misrepresented the roles that they function in. Nonetheless, they were made by God, even, even the king, or we could say people in authority. They're a bit different than a father, a mother, a husband, or a wife, those kind of a roles, but the king was to uh, represent the justice of God. And we see from, we see from uh, Romans, the 13th chapter in verse 4, said the authorities are God's servants sent for your good. But if you're doing wrong, of course, you should be afraid for they have the power to punish you. They are God's servants, repeats it again, sent for the very purpose of punishing those who do what is wrong. And verse 7 says, give to everyone what you owe. Pay your taxes and government fees to those that collect them. Give respect and honor to those who are in authority. And again, it does not say to do so because they're good. It says to do so because they function in a God-given role that represents him. Now, that is so easy to do if people are earning your respect. If they are carrying out these roles in a way that makes you think, oh, I've got the best dad, I've got the best mom, I've got the best husband, I've got the best wife. Oh, this it's just wonderful. Or I, I live where, the, you know, the government is just impeccable and wonderful. Everything is just so, so godly and wonderful. But what if it's not? And I'm telling you, over these years in ministering to people, dealing with real life situations, what has happened from these roles has really, really damaged other people. People who haven't functioned well as a father or people who haven't functioned well as a, as a mother or as a wife or as a husband or a government that has been so tyrannical. It absolutely uh, damages people, other people. There's terrible collateral damage. So what ends up happening when, uh, when that has happened for a while is that we are real slow to give honor. I'll give honor to you, but Lord, you earned it. You're good. But when it comes to people, you're going to have to earn. I don't trust you any further than I can flow you. I mean, I like you, I love you, be looking at you, it's real sweet, but yeah, do I honor you? Mm, you're going to have to earn that. I'm going to have to watch you. And it's not going to be for five minutes either. I'm going to be watching to see how you're acting. So it says in, in Romans, the third chapter, verse 23, all of us have sinned. And we fell from that glory and that honor. But because God made the human, and the very first thing he did before man did anything, he clothed him with or he crowned him with glory and honor. We function by honor. And I'm talking about divine honor. That's how we function. We were made to. So when we fell from that, there is this appetite for honor that a human being has, an appetite for dignity, an appetite for value that a human being has. So if you're not, you fell from the honor that came from God, where are you going to get this honor? What Jesus said in John the 8th chapter in verse 54 is, People actually honor themselves. 
I'll honor myself. Have you ever been with somebody for, you know, there's some people that you can hardly can be with them more than five minutes and they're already honoring themselves. No matter where you start in a conversation, it always ends with them right away. And it's about how amazing. Honoring. Has anybody ever been, are you that person? Okay, so. But we've been with people, we've heard of people that honor themselves in the conversation revolves around my greatness. Why? Why do I need people to know I'm great and I'm wonderful and I'm, I'm this? And because there's a hunger for honor. There's a, there's a craving that I need to know I'm valuable. And if you're not going to tell me, I'm going to tell you. So John 8, 54 says, Jesus answered, if I honor myself, my honor is nothing. Oh, wow. <laughs> well, my goodness, if Jesus, when he honored himself, or if he said if he honored himself and his, his honor would have been nothing, what would, where would our honor for ourself be? I honor myself, my honor is nothing. It is my Father who honors me. Wow. Of whom you say he is your God. Let's look at John 7, verse 18. It says, those who speak for themselves want glory only for themselves. But a person who seeks the honor of the one who sent him speaks truth, not lies. So Jesus was just identifying the fact that if somebody is always talking about themselves and their honorable qualities and anything that they have done, any of their merits, always talking of it, it's because they're seeking honor. They're looking for something that Jesus identifies here is something he got from his father. If you can't get honor uh, by telling about it yourself, you can't get an audience of people to hear about how wonderful you are. People are always looking also then for honor from other people. If you won't give it, I'll give it to myself, but I'd love to have some honor from you. And that's why... You know, in social media right now, and Facebook, Instagram, other kind of things, there's places for people to put a like. And there gets to be this insatiable craze to keep going back to the page and see how many people are liking me. How many people are liking me? And the quality of your day can rise or fall on how many people like and what they say, what they say, uh, kind things that are said. When we go into a room, it's not uncommon for, for us to read the room, read the faces in the room. Is anybody smiling at me? Is anybody's body language open to me or are they closing off to me? Because my value rises and falls on whether you like me, if you accept me, if you think I'm okay, if you want to hear, if you are affirming to me. It goes into then relationships where we're looking for people to give us honor. And if they don't give us the honor that we think we deserve, we're so cutting them off. I am not you're not going to value me? Well, spit on you. You're not going to think I'm something? Well, let me just tell you what. I don't think you're much either. So it's that kind of thing in the culture of this dishonor that just debilitates people. We become almost carnivorous in what we want from other people looking for it, and when we don't find it, 
can really, really be devastating. Look at what John, in John 5 and verse 41, Jesus said, I do not receive honor from men. How did he do that? He was human. How did he do that? Where he wasn't, he wasn't trying to read the Pharisees and see if they're liking him and kind of backing off, always trying to go for crowd appeal, working the crowd, seeing how people are liking me. Jesus just didn't do that. He said, I do not receive honor from men. How do you believe or how can you believe who receive honor from one another? And do not seek the honor that comes from the only God. So what he's saying here, he was talking to people who weren't even considering honor that comes from God as long as they could just keep getting honor that comes from people. That kind of honor then becomes... Um, it becomes like a habit. It becomes like an addiction. You have to have the smiles of people. You have to have the pat on the back. You have to have other people's affirmation to function. And Jesus said, no, that's not what I'm looking for. There is an honor to be sought. Why? Because it's what we function with. We either function with our own honor, honor from ourselves, or honor from other people. But Jesus didn't function from honor from other people, and he didn't function with honor from himself. He functioned with honor from above. And what happens as a result of honor that comes from above is it makes you a different kind of a person. As we said before, there is honor that comes with merit, and it's right. It's, it's, it's good, and it's fine, and, and uh, that will be a part of our future even with God. But there was an honor that Jesus was able to give to people that was only made possible because of the way these verses of Scripture said that he functioned. In receiving honor from God, it makes you a giver instead of a taker. Instead of looking for honor from people, you're able to receive honor from God and give it to people. We see it in what Jesus did in his ministry. Romans, the 13th chapter and verse 7 says, Give honor to whom it is due. And um, in that context, he's talking, about, he's talking about people in authority. But in a wider sense, give it to whom it is due. If somebody is, is uh, you know, a person of notoriety, they've studied or they have amazing skills and some, they've earned an honor, that's not a bad honor to have. But... Um, Jesus gave honor not only by merit. Let's look at some examples of how he gave honor. There was a man by the name of Zacchaeus, and he was uh, a, a, no, a notorious sinner. Um, maybe not a murderer or something like that, but he it was a tax collector, on behalf of the Roman government, and he, he collected taxes from his own people. So the Jews hated him. They loathed him because he was, he was taken way more than what he should. And uh, the Roman government was taken what they shouldn't as well. But then, then Zacchaeus heaped it up on top. I remember a song we used to sing in children's church. Uh, it says, Zacchaeus was a wee little man. He was a short little man. He had a lot of Roman power behind him, and he was able to take people's money. Zacchaeus was a wee little man. Remember Anybody remember this song? And a wee little man was he. He climbed up in a sycamore tree for the Lord he wanted to see. You want to hear the rest of the song? 
And as the Savior passed that way, he looked up in the tree. Now, when I learned that song, I, I'm not done with the song yet, but when I learned that song, uh, it was just a song about Zacchaeus, and he was a wee little man. But I didn't know when I learned that song that everybody hated him. They hated the person of this song. But then it gets up to this last part of the song. It says, he looked up in the tree and he said, Zacchaeus, you come down for I'm going to your house for tea. So here's the deal. Everyone hated Zacchaeus. The reason he got up into the tree was because there were throngs of people around Jesus and he couldn't see over them. So he climbed up in a tree. All of those people were wanting to get close to Jesus. But Zacchaeus was the only one that Jesus said, Zacchaeus, come down out of the tree. I'm going to your house. Don't you know he scampered down now? He, he had never been in a crowd that smiled at him. He had never been in a group that gave him a thumbs up. He was despised by his own people. Jesus honored him not because he earned it. Jesus honored him because he didn't have any honor. So he gave him some. And you know what happened? As a result of Jesus giving Zacchaeus money, it changed his life. He gave back the money that he stole and then quadrupled it. Do you see what honor? Jesus could have stayed at the bottom of the tree and said, I tell you what, Zacchaeus, you straighten up your life and if you do things right, maybe I'll look your way. He didn't do that. He gave him honor and it raised him up to function in a way that he hadn't done it before. You know what? Jesus did the same with the woman that was caught in the, in the act of adultery. How humiliating and degrading and shameful that was. She was about to be stoned, surrounded by people that were looking at her and snarling at her and and complete disapproval and dishonor on their face. She had been dishonored by what she had done and then gotten caught and doubled her dishonor. You know, Jesus just spoke into that situation, unraveled that whole, that whole scenario. When everyone had left, he said, where's your accusers? She said, they're not here. Then he said this, Now that everybody's gone, let me tell you what you need to do. I've had it up to here with you. You better earn my love. He didn't say that, did he? He said, neither do I condemn you. He gave her something that enabled her to stand up and for him to say, now go sin no more. But it wasn't like, go sin no more. It was like, you're free. You don't have to do that anymore. What you caught, caught doing, you never have to do it anymore. Jesus gave honor to people like lepers, people that had to call out, out loud, in like it would be out in, in the middle of a street. They'd have to say, unclean, about themselves, unclean. Unclean, how horrible, how, how dishonoring. No dignity for a person like that. They look terrible. You know, they're missing parts of their body. Look terrible. They stunk. No one wanted to look around. They didn't even like to look at them. No honor for them at all. They cried out for mercy in what we'd see Jesus did. He'd go to them. Did they have any honor? None. None. Disease had stripped and shredded away from them. So you know what Jesus did? He gave them honor and healed them. 
Benny preached on honor back about four months ago, how miracles are God honoring a person. It's amazing. You should go back and listen to that. The blind, the lame, children. Jesus was having this. He was so popular. There were so many people around, and everybody's wanting to listen. And here come the kids. All kind of, you know, little kids and interruption and da-da-da-da. They're crawling all over. And, and the disciples were going, come on, kids, get out of here. We've got, we've got serious things to do. And Jesus rebuked him. He said, you let those kids come to me. Because such is the kingdom of God. He gave children honor before they did any merit, before they earned any kind of honor. No trophies on the shelf, nothing, no ribbons, no nothing. He said, you let them come because of such is the kingdom of God. Let's look a little bit closer of where Jesus got his honor. We could already see from those verses we already read. But look in Hebrews 5, verse 4 and 5. It says, and no one can become a high priest simply because he wants such an honor. Just wanting honor doesn't get you honor. Every human wants dignity. We were made by our creator for it. But no, no one can become a high priest simply because he wants such an honor. He must be called by God for this world work, just as Aaron was. That is why Christ did not, listen to this, he didn't honor himself by assuming he could become a high priest. No, he was chosen by God who said to him, you are my son. Today I have become your father. You are my son. I, th I think that is so impacting because Jesus was honored not by God the Father saying whole chapters and books of stuff. He said one phrase to him. He said, you're my son. You're my son. You're begotten of me. You belong to me. Listen to this one. 2 Peter 1 and verse 17 says, When he, talking about Jesus, received honor and glory from God the Father, the voice of the majestic glory of God said to him, This is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy. Now this verse of scripture is talking about when Jesus was on the Mount of Transfiguration and there was a voice that came from heaven and said those words. At the time of the transfiguration, Jesus had been in ministry for quite some time and had raised the dead, cleansed the leper, and he'd all done all kinds of miracles. And so it was, it was a, a, an affirming acknowledgement of Jesus' obedience to him and, and responding to him. And yes, merit what Jesus had done in his Father's name. But listen to this time when the Father spoke. In Luke, the third chapter, in verse 22, uh, this is when Jesus was being baptized, and this was before he started his ministry, before there was all of this merit. It says, the Holy Spirit in bodily form descended on him like a dove, and a voice from heaven said, you are my dearly loved son, and you bring me great joy. What can we see from this? Well, before he even got started, before was, there was the merit of all of his three years of impeccable ministry, brilliant, miraculous ministry, his father spoke from heaven and said, this is my son. I'm pleased with him. And then at the end, when there was merit, when there was merit, his father from heaven spoke the same words, this is my son. 
There is something that Jesus received from his father. I'm talking about honor. that He couldn't get from his disciples, couldn't get from his parents, couldn't get from his mates, couldn't get from anybody else, could not get because it does not exist at this level. It comes from God. And his father said, you are my son. There's an honor that comes from that that enables you, listen to this, to act like who you are. A child of God who's not acting like who they are and is acting dishonorable has forgotten who they are. And they don't remember by somebody wagging a finger. They remember when they look to him and hear him say again, you are my child. You belong to me. Nobody's honor to you is better than that. Nobody's honor can raise you up like the honor of your creator. What is your function? How are you to, to bring glory to God in life? You'll never know without the honor from God. You can't earn it first. You have to receive it. It takes humility. Receive honor. Yeah, but I haven't done enough. I have, there's things I got to get straight. Okay, receive his honor because that honor will lift you up and help you to be what you can't be, a, be without it. Jesus said something in John the 17th chapter in verse 17. He said, in a prayer to his father, he said, glorify me. He's asking his father, glorify me so I can glorify you. We all want to glorify God with our lives, don't we? The way we talk, the way we interact with people. But without his glory and without his honor, the best we can do is show people how wonderful we are. And if they hang around and look very long, they'll find out we're not any of us cracked up to whom honoring ourselves is to be. There is an honor that comes from him that will cause you to do things as such as you have, you give. And you can love a wife. You can love a husband and, and yours or, or a, a, family, a, a, a husband in your family, a wife in your family that may not be honorable. You can honor them. Why? Because they are honorable? Because they've merited it? No, because they need it. They need it. Get honor from God. And God will give you ways to help raise people up. What about honoring a father and mother? A father or a mother? I know on, on days like this or other days, sometimes people say, man, it's hard to honor uh, my dad, I, he was never there. What do you do? What about, you know, what about my mom? She wasn't, she wasn't there for me. The word still remains. Honor your father and mother. But not because of merit. But because he gives you the honor to honor with. Because they need it. Have we needed his honor? More than we know. Anything outside of his honor lifting us up is pride. It's us doing it, drawing attention to ourselves. But when he lifts us up, I'm telling you what, we say, yes, I stand by the grace of God. I believe, if you guys can come, I believe that this week is to be a week where we begin 
to receive more and more honor from God. That seems almost funny, doesn't it? Receive honor. But you can't give what you don't have. If you find that there is this insatiable craving to find out if people are liking your posts, <laughs> looking to see if somebody's smiling at you or somebody's texting you, always checking to see if people are on my side, let it be an indication. I need a top-up of honor that comes from God. Paul said it this way, if God is for you, what? If you're full of the honor of God, if the whole room looks the other way when you come in, <laughs> if no one's cheering when you arrive in the door, you never have to hang your head. You can be bold. You can be strong. You can do your purpose. And not only just be that, you can be a giver of honor. Look for somebody. We're not going into a room to see what we can get from people. We're going in to give something to people. What do they need? What do they need that only God can give them? You are a conduit of that. And you are a person that delivers that when you receive it from God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you could just bow your heads. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for honor that you want to give people. The same kind of honor that you, your word says that you gave to Jesus, you said, today, you're my son. I have begotten you. And Father, if there's somebody in here that has not yet looked to you for salvation, maybe they're trying to get better. Maybe they're trying to do things better on their own. Father, I ask you that today will be a day when they stop trying to earn their own salvation and their own way to you and just in humility receive what Jesus did when he died on the cross for our sins and say, yeah, I receive it. And receive a new life from Jesus. I want to lead you in a prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, go ahead and say it after me. And especially if, you've, if you want to ask Jesus to come into your life, you want to receive his honor into your life for the first time today, say this, Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for your love for me. I receive it today. I receive Jesus' work for me today. Thank you for dying on the cross. I believe you were raised from the dead. And I declare you to be the Lord of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. In just a minute, at the end of this service, I want to invite, if you've prayed that prayer today, I want to pray with you. We have some other people that will be in the front. want to pray with you in the front. want to pray and help you to know what your next step is. But I also want to uh, just declare over all of us this week that we are receivers from God. While I want to say this one last thing, when we were worshiping God just a little while ago, I think we were singing about the name of Jesus, I saw they were like fountains not coming up out of the ground. There were fountains that were coming out of God. And he is drawing you to a place of real, real concentration on God where you're not distracted. I see people making space in their day, making space in their time to get away and just look at the Lord. He's got some things for you that are going to enable you to do your purpose in life. 
I see people just, I, I, what it looks like to me is um, one of those inflatable things that you play with in the pool that has, you know, maybe like a, a flamingo that has all different kind of shape. And um, you start blowing it, it doesn't have that much characteristic, but the more and more and more it gets full, it comes up right, and then all the features, each wing, the head, the beak, everything, becomes very identifiable. Your life, the call on your life, becomes identifiable, not by, you know, all you do. It becomes identifiable with what comes out of him. The breath of God fills you up, and you look like what you were created to look like. You act like who you were created to act like. Hallelujah. And I guarantee you what it is will bring honor to him and it will bring honor to people who don't have it. Hallelujah. Can you put your hands up to him? Hallelujah. Lord, I just thank you for our church family. I'm asking you for these divine appointments that you gave me a, just a, a glimpse into. Divine appointments. Draw them into these times of waiting on the Lord, whether it's in their car, in their house, wherever, in a park, someplace. These places where they look away from the likes and the dislikes of humans. When they look away from the likes and the dislikes of their own self. And they look to the one... <laughs> the only one, the Lord. We thank you that great honor comes from you and you're giving it. We draw near to you and you draw near to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Today, be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. There's somebody who may need a call from you, a text from you that maybe doesn't have too much honor in their life. Get something from God and bless them. Speak into somebody's life today that needs honor. If you would like more information or resources on this or other topics, or if you would like to sow into this ministry financially to help us share messages just like this one each week, please visit our website at rhema.org.au.